Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is doing what she does best. As a young girl, she was scolded for talking too much to her neighbors in class. After years of trying to be quiet, she discovered that speaking up about taboo topics is her strength. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. She is a wealth psychology expert who has helped thousands of advisors and clients communicate more effectively about money. Now, listen to Kathleen as she assists today's guest in busting their favorite money myth wide open. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Julie Lawrence. Julie Lawrence opened Lawrence Financial Planning in 2009. She has more than 28 years of experience in finance and management and holds a BA in management and is also a CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner. Both Julie's professional experience and life skills have prepared her for personal financial planning. As a mother of three, she knows the challenges of funding college educations, timing retirement, managing investments, selecting insurance, and developing estate plans. Julie has been quoted in Financial Planning Magazine, Investment News, NAPFA Advisor Magazine, The St. Petersburg Times, msnmoney.com, the Chicago Tribune, and financialplanning.com. She also serves as a mentor for new ACP financial planners and is an active member of NAFTA, which is an organization that I'm speaking for uh, in October, and it's the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Julie lives in Florida and has lived there since 1977. Uh, Like I said, she's the mother of three, so I don't know if she has spare time, but in her spare time, she practices yoga, walks, and goes kayaking. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here because we're talking about a myth that is um, such a common one that I address in a variety of different ways. So I'm really excited to to hear your perspective. And the myth that you chose today was, I don't need to talk about finances before getting married. So tell me a little bit, Julie, as to what motivated you to pick that myth to bust wide open today. Um, we have a new program that we've been running for young professionals, and I also get a lot of young doctors as part of my practice. And so these young couples have been sitting in front of me, and they're talking about living together, and they're talking about getting married, and they haven't talked to each other about money. So at the very least, maybe they are um, splitting the bills down the middle. They have no idea what each of them makes. They don't realize that if one person makes more money, they should pay a larger portion of the bills. They don't even know where each other's bank accounts are. So really, it's the idea of of being in a committed relationship and not having had what I call a money talk yet. And so you're noticing that in your practice, and that uh, led you to say, hey, I want to address this myth on breaking money silence today. 
Absolutely. Well, I have to share before we get into busting this myth wide open that my niece, Erin, who's about 26, uh, recently got engaged and I've been trying to mentor her throughout her whole life around finances. Um, so this uh, myth rings true for me right now. And if anybody ever follows me on Twitter, uh, Yes to the Dress is one of my favorite shows for better or worse. And I often tweet or go on Facebook and talk about that show. So I'm really <laughs> excited to get yours perspective, Julie. Um, so tell uh, the listeners a little bit about um, how this myth might get in the way if they are um, moving towards a committed relationship. Well, I will say that um, I see uh, resentment sometimes. So they'll sit in front of me and I'll talk about, you know, what their cash flow is going to look like and how they're paying the bills. And so first up will be the person who makes the most money and everything is great. And second up will be the person who maybe makes half the income of the first partner. And they'll say something like, well, money's really tight and, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot left over and I'm paying school loans. And, and this will start to come out as to what is happening with their money. And the other one will look over like, well, I'll give you money. And that sets off a whole nother spark of resentment and, you know, I don't need you to give me money. And it's not always male, female. Sometimes in this case, I have a lot of uh, young women professionals and they're making all the money. And it, 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 it gets very tense very quickly. So it's so a charged lo- conversation. And I it's love that a, you pointed yeah. out that gender difference, too, because we don't want to assume that this is just men and women with men making more. Um, Correct. Yeah. Um, I tend to stop at that point and take them through a money autobiography so they can hear each other and get a better understanding of uh, where each of them came from with money. I like to do that with all my clients. It, it really helps. So tell me that that's different language than I use. Um, so mm-hmm. t- tell the audience, uh, what is uh, an autobiography, a money autobiography? So it's a series of open, open-ended questions that talk to people about uh, how money was handled in their family when they were children, um, how they got allowances, uh, what were things that they did with money that made them proud, embarrassing moments with money because you you really should lay it all out on the table, you know, the good stuff and the embarrassing things. And it just gives gives me a broad background on how they're going to approach money. Did they come from a family where there was no money and they were really poor? Or did they come from a family where they just got money handed to them constantly because they might have a harder time with a budget than someone who's been very poor and has had to be real careful with their money. And so do you think this is, for many of them, the first time that they're having this conversation or are these questions that they've thought about before? Um, They often look at me and say, we never talk about money. And I ask them why and they go, I don't know, it just seems so awkward. And that's uh, that's when we start really talking seriously, and and we start talking about in detail. Let's talk about let's talk about school loans. Let's talk about credit cards. Let's talk about your debt ratings, and and really want to clear the air, because you shouldn't get married if you are a saver, 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 and you're marrying someone who spends, 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 spends. It better be a long conversation before you, um, you know, put that ring on each other's fingers. 
So the myth is I don't need to talk about finances before getting married. And you're saying absolutely you do. You need to talk about your successes, also your struggles and your money personalities. You didn't use that word, but a saver spender kind of money personality. I think that's great that you're doing this. Now, I always ask people um, when they bring a myth to our podcast, is there any upside? Like often with a myth... It, it hurts people, right? But sometimes mm-hmm. in the short run, there can be an advantage. Um, uh, yes. Any advantage to this one? Any, any way in which it can be helpful not to talk about finances before getting married? Um, I know that's a different way of thinking of it, but I always try to think like, so I know there's the money taboo. That's part of it. We're in a society mm-hmm. that doesn't believe in talking about money, even with our most intimate partner. Any other upside? You know, there are some people that just don't care about money. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're marrying someone who's going to fully provide for them. And this, again, can be male or female. And in that case, maybe they just don't want to know and are not concerned about being intimately involved. Um, sometimes you'll have one partner who's very controlling about the money and the other one, if they don't care, it works out fine. That'd be the, one of the few situations where I think it might be okay. Okay, so maybe in the, I I see that as like in the short run, you don't have to deal with the stress, you don't have to have this Mm -hmm. uncomfortable conversation. But what what do you see in the long run with the majority of couples who don't take time to talk about money before they get married? What's they don't? They have a very difficult time in um, meeting their goals. if you're not saving together towards some of these goals like buying a home or paying off your school loans, it makes it very difficult. Um, also, and this is a terrible thing, but um, according to marriage.com, money is the number two reason for divorce. And I see many of my clients fighting about money, unfortunately, in front of me. So I think it's extremely important that they have these conversations, bring out all these financial embarrassments and put them on the table. I just went through this with um, both of my children. Uh, My son got married last year. I went through it with him and his wife. And they just got their first home. Oh, nice. And I'm now going through it. My daughter just uh, is getting married at the end of this year. And we're going through it with her and her fiance. They wanted to start early. Oh, good. Good. So they're having those money conversations because they mm-hmm. happen to have mom who's really good at it. <laughs> yes. And, and I did offer to let, um, there's a younger professional in my office. I did offer to let them go to the younger professional instead of mom. Uh-huh. But uh, they chose to do it the hard way. So (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Now, I'm dying to know what the number one reason, according to that website, is that couples divorce. Do you remember? I do do not remember. Okay. Because I I was looking. I thought it would be the number one, to be honest. (laughs) Well, you know, it can be number one, number two. And I think one of the things that I've talked about in... um, in either this podcast or with other guests or or in some of my books is the idea that um, often money is the symptom of something else. So if you can talk about money up front and you can get this, there's the planning aspect that you're addressing today, Julie, and also in that autobiography, it sounds like you're also talking about the different personalities. Um, But there's so much more that you can get from talking about money. Um, What do you see happening for these couples that, you know, have these conversations, get it out in the open? Is, Is there anything you notice in addition to that they're better able to plan? Um, They're a team. They seem to carry this over into their real life. Mm -hmm. So now they talked about the really hard stuff, which money is probably one of the hardest things to talk about. I see them coming together as a team. They are um, more relaxed. Um, 
particularly if we have young women professionals who make more money, sometimes it makes the husband feel awkward. And if we've brought it all out on the table and we talk about it and we talk about how how the money contributes to them as a couple, it becomes less of her money and my money. So I see a lot more comfort in their relationship. That's lovely. That's nice. I, li- I like the idea of a team approach. And I like the idea that you address it up front. It, it really seems like um, that's such be- a benefit, not only to your own kids, but to the, the individuals that you work with and couples that you work with. So if somebody's listening in and saying, oh, you know, I'm getting married, and we haven't had this conversation, or maybe we're already married, and we still haven't had this conversation. What are a couple of tips that you can provide to them to get the dialogue going? Mm-hmm. I would say that um, they need to sit down and communicate honestly. So they need to sit down together and they need to talk about how they spend money, how they save money, and maybe some of their top two or three goals that they have in their head, and then the other partner share the same. And I think one of the things I see that's really bad is people who hide their spending. Mm, yep. It, so if they come out up front about how they spend, not be embarrassed about it, but just be honest. This is what I do. This is how I spend. And then talk about it and then talk about what they're going to do for their goals together as a couple for saving and spending. So, for example, I talked earlier about someone who spends a lot. And it can be the man or the woman. It can be the woman spending on shoes. It can be the man spending on electronics and vice versa. And, you know, talk about the fact that maybe they're not going to change, but they are going to commit to saving towards their goals as a couple. And you have to be sure that's not going to drive you crazy because you you have to be comfortable knowing your partner's going to be over here blowing some money on the side on things they want to spend it on. But isn't that normal? I mean, shouldn't you have some of your money to spend on yourself the way you'd like? Yes. And what I love about that approach is it's it's an and approach. So in other words, this is what you're doing as an individual, but as a couple, we're making a commitment to save a certain amount or move towards this financial goal. I think that takes a lot of pressure off to because often what I see and what I hear other financial advisors talking about is the idea that there's, you know, one person who thinks they're doing it right. And so we mm-hmm. should do it, you know, my way, because yes. it's the right way. And what you're yes. saying is you both can be right. And let's set up some goals, which is a nice balance uh, between, um, you know, accepting people for who they are, and then also coming up with an idea how you can work together. And I have the luxury of having seen lots of clients succeed, and my spenders succeed the same way my savers do. It's just that they um, commit to saving in a different way from people who are just savers by nature. Interesting. What What would you say is the biggest difference? Um, The biggest difference with the spenders is they say to me, um, take my money first, my savings. So we set up auto payments that come out directly as their check hits the bank. They say, if I don't see it, I won't spend it. And my savers actually physically move that money themselves and save it and put it there. And they never, you know, never would overspend it. They, They know in their head how much they're going to save every single paycheck. Interesting. So it's really the strategy and the tactic that might be different, but the end result is the same. Is Yeah, here's my goal and here's how I'm saving for it. But if we don't say that word budget, 
the spenders are much happier. The savers <laughs> love a budget. <laughs> exactly. I call it a spending plan. I don't like the word <laughs> budget either. They're not fooled. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to go back to this hiding spending because I've written about this and I know about this. And I actually, in one of my keynotes, do kind of a joke about um, how often we think we're not hiding purchases from our partners, but we are. And so... Um, when you talk about coming out in the open around that, I can imagine, depending on the level to which somebody is spending, like, how do you address that in your meeting? And how do you help uh, partners uh, fess up about spending that they're hiding? Because I imagine that can be a little tricky uh, for some. It's, yes, it's a very difficult. So hiding spending can go anywhere from um, going and buying clothes and hiding them in the closet or, you know, buying tools and hiding them in your shed to hiding the cost of something. So let's say um, I'll see clients going on very expensive vacations and I know that one client is spending the money and not telling the other how much they cost. And I'll try and have a, an open discussion about, well, I see you went to France. How much, you know, how much did that cost? I'm curious. And and there'll be a lot of hemming and hawing from the partner who spent the money and didn't want the other one to know how much. And it's the, it's the best way I can bring it out. It doesn't always work. Sometimes that partner will, will just try and change the topic or go somewhere else. They don't want to share in front of their partner. Sometimes the other partner doesn't want to know. Interesting. We'll yeah. Yep. Bury their head in the sand. I've had that happen. It can become extremely awkward to the point where I've actually had to let um, clients go because of it. Because if they won't address it and they won't let me address it, then we have an issue all the way around. Right, right, in terms of that transparency and planning for your future. But it sounds like there's what what you just brought up, which is something I hadn't thought about as much as, uh, as the actual hiding, right? So the, mm -hmm. the joke I usually, it's not a joke, but like I usually say, you know, I didn't think I ever hid spending. And then, you know, I go off on these business trips and I buy a pair of shoes, I put it in the back of the closet, and I don't pull them out for a couple of weeks. Yep. And in some ways, it's effectively hiding your purchases. Um, the Not on purpose, but you, you do do it. And I will tell you, when I have, a lot of times I'll have a widow come in. Boy, that's an aha moment when she thought her um, husband was saving and he wasn't. Oh, so it's a reverse. It's not hiding the spending. It's the hiding the not saving. The not so saving. Same kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a terrible thing. And I, I like to see the young people try and address it now. With a lot of the older people, it's much more difficult. But if you're just starting out, it's easy to catch and, and deal with. Right, right. And I guess what, you know, in terms of, you know, what I've done in the past is what's interesting is my husband doesn't care. So it has to do with my own money shame, which, you know, ah. I've, I've obviously addressed, like, it's my own issue, right? Mm -hmm. However, the flip side is I've never really thought about what you're addressing, which is the idea of, you know, minimizing how much something costs or not, you know, setting up the vacation. And, you know, if your partner never asks, you know, was it a $2,000 vacation? Or was it a $10,000 vacation? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's yeah. a really interesting uh, new angle on it. Julie, that you're bringing to the call and, and to the listeners. Um, so there's so much good information and time goes so quickly on these podcasts. So I'm wondering if somebody was interested in uh, reading something that you have uh, written or checking out your services, can you tell them how it's best to contact you? 
Yes, it would be best to go through our website, lawrencefinancialplanning.com, and from there you can uh, hook up with our blogs, and you can also take a look at our Facebook page where we put our entertaining photos. Excellent. And do you um, only work with people in Florida, or are you able to work with people in a variety of locations? I have clients all over the country. Okay, good. And I love to work virtually. Excellent. Well, Julie, it's been so lovely to get to know you and to bring this myth of I don't need to talk about finances before getting married. Obviously, the reframe is yes, you do. It's going to help you (laughs) in your relationship. It's going to help you uh, be a happier couple. And and hopefully people are fortunate enough to work with advisors like you who really understand and and can help uh, partners get to being more transparent. So thank you so much for your time today, Julie. Thank you for having me, Kathleen. This is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. I hope you tune in for the next podcast for Breaking Money Silence. Until then, just remember, we can break money silence forever if we do it together. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard, then check out more podcasts at BreakingMoneySilence.com or subscribe on iTunes.com. Need a fun, engaging speaker for your next event? Go to kbkwealthconnection.com and find out how to book Kathleen today. Be sure to share today's show so together we can break money silence for good.